You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. And I'm excited for the word. And one more time, can we give it up for our worship team? So amazing. Powerful time in worship. And I, I leaned over to, to you know, Mark. I was like, man, they're, they're preaching my message through the worship set. I love how God already does that, just sets it up and gets us in that space. But uh, we're excited to be back here. Uh, my girls, they're cruising with us on the front row here today. My eldest, Mercedes, stand up, get, uh, wave. Okay. Excellent curtsy. I appreciate that. Also, her, she, I love her shoes so much. I've got matching shoes. I have uh, the Vans, those sweet classic checkered Vans now, so we go out and get to match together. It's very exciting for me. Maybe not for her. I'm not sure. Uh, then my uh, youngest here, Kenzie. Kenzie Rue is what I call her from time to time. Could you please stand and say hi? Hello, hello. There we go. Uh, she is sparkling, and that is pretty much her life. So uh, we love it, and we appreciate it. And my beautiful wife, Katie. Uh, Katie Yeager couldn't be here, but Katie Duth gets to be here today. And uh, we just had a lot of fun as a family. We got to travel and uh, speak at a conference together in Canada recently. And uh, that was uh, right after we just spent some time in Hawaii. So we really had the spectrum of, of Hawaii beaches to snow-capped Canada. And, and my wife, it's the first time Katie and I got to team preach at a conference. So it was super fun. And I honor you. You're amazing. You're beautiful. And I love my family. So glad you're here. And then also, all the way from North County, holding it down, John Lanning, the legend. Um, John's with us and hanging out with us here today, and he is one of our key youth leaders and dominating. You may have, feel like you know him, but you don't know him, because this man recently stepped up in a massive way uh, to, to, to grab a hold of kind of his future in a different way. Homeboy's lost over 75 pounds as of recent, so... Uh, if anyone's looking for some fitness tips, holler at your boy, and uh, it's only $1,000 a month uh, for training, and I take 25% of that, so that will be good. Is that, do we do 20 or 25%? Okay, it's, okay. Anyways, but you know, uh, you know, like, like Pastor Mike was saying, uh, we became pl- playground friends. I've never, you know, thought of that and, uh, or said that out loud. It sounds weird, but it's, uh, but it's, it's fine. It's, we'll go with it. We're running with it right now. And uh, we, we did. It, it's been so fun to see what God has done here as you and Katie have stepped in and led the way and the touch of God that's on this location, on this campus, on this region. And, and blessed is this city because of it. Blessed because of you guys. Blessed because of this church. Where the people of God lead, where the people of God, where the righteous rule, where the righteous lead, uh, people rejoice. And so we see that. And uh, we got a chance recently to be in Hawaii. And uh, and that that was fun. I I should have had these pictures. We did this hike together, uh, Jaegers, Deuce, and uh, Pastor John and Becky Heinrichs as well. And we were hiking through the jungles of of Hawaii. And my shoes may or may not have been prepared for slippery mud. I think I decided to wear my tennis shoes that had zero tread on them. And so I was slipping about every 10 to 15 feet. 
And the beautiful Katie Yeager, Pastor Katie Yeager, decided to document all of the slippages that I did. She literally has like a photo album pretty much dedicated to all the smear marks in the mud from when I slipped and almost biffed it. Okay, so so I did some sweet ninja trick moves to avoid major catastrophic failure, uh, but I did get a lot of slips. And it, it's it's fun when when God brings people together and and you know just you can see that's what I love about our church. It's just such great friendships, great family, great relationships that God is building. And what I love about Pastor Mike and Katie is just what they carry of strength. There's an authority on them. There's a faith on them. And if you, if you get around this house long enough, you get around these leaders long enough, you're ready to take on anything that God has for Amen. Let, let's, let's honor and thank Pastor Mike and Katie. I love you guys. You're amazing. All right, let's get into the Word. Let's begin in Acts chapter 5. I gave the team starting in verse 37, but I'm going to scoot up a couple verses, actually to verse 35, or 33 in a second, and and read this. This is a, a scenario that we're jumping into where the church has begun. Jesus has died. He's rose again. He's ascended. He's told the disciples, go wait in Jerusalem for the power of the Holy Spirit. They receive the power of God. And now they're beginning to build the church. They're beginning to take ground. They're beginning to advance in the purposes of God. And the the local, you know, kind of Pharisees, religious leaders, the anti-Jesus movement of the time, not real happy, not real pumped about it. So they're trying to stop them. They're trying to come against them. They're trying to figure out how can they stop the apostles? How can they stop the disciples from preaching the gospel, from healing people, from advancing the kingdom of God? The same thing that the enemy continues to attempt to do here in this hour. But here, here we find that they're, they're trying to figure out how do we stop the disciples? How do we come against them in Acts chapter 5, I'll start in verse 33. When they heard this, they were furious. So they heard that the Spirit of God's healing, they're, they're preaching the gospel. Verse 33, when they heard this, they were furious, and they wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. So they put the disciples outside and have a little huddle, Okay. Verse 35, then he addressed them. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thaddeus appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and his followers dispersed, and it all came to nothing. Verse 37, after him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days uh, of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Verse 38, therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose, someone say purpose, if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. Verse 39, but if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. If, he says, if this is from human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop it. It will be unstoppable. The purposes of God are unstoppable. I'm going to talk about unstoppable. 
I'm going to talk about an unstoppable life. I'm going to talk about unstoppable purpose. I want to talk about this theme because if, if what you're doing, if the purposes that you're living for, if what you're going after, if the purposes that you have in your heart and that you're living your day for, is, if it is of God, it will be unstoppable. If God's in it. If, if the purposes of God are in it, it'll be unstoppable. I, I love this. This man of wisdom decides, hey, listen, guys, I've seen this before. If God's not in it, don't worry about it. It's going to fail. It's going to fail. Anyone ever felt like you were part of a venture like that in your lifetime? You know what I'm saying? You, you kind of went after something, and you realize, man, God is not in this, right? Maybe that business venture, maybe that relationship, Right? Maybe that diet, I don't know. No, that wasn't God's fault. That wasn't God's fault. <laughs> you know, that, no, yeah, anyways, uh, gyms are good. And, um, you know, you tried something and you went after something and you realized, man, God is not in this and it's falling apart and it's not working. And, and, but when God's in something, when the touch of God is on something, when there, there, there's a breath of heaven, you might have heard it said. It feels like there's a wind at your back. It feels like the presence of God is all over something. When, when the touch of God is on something, it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. Why? Because, but the purposes of God cannot be stopped by the enemy. That's good news for us. It cannot be stopped. No weapon formed against you or formed against the purposes of God can ever stand on this earth. I think we got to remember that sometimes because we face challenges and all of a sudden we get full of fear maybe that I don't know if something's going to work out. I don't know if this is going to happen. Well, let me just remind you this morning. Let me stir up our faith again this morning that if God has purposed it, it will happen. It will be fulfilled. The presence of God, the word of God, the power of God, the purposes of God are unstoppable. They're unstoppable. I love Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. It says this, God's, you know, this word is coming forth. So is my word that goes out from my mouth, God is speaking. He says, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. See, every word of the Lord fulfills its design purpose. Every word of God fulfills its purpose. There's nothing that God has said. There's nothing that God has promised. There's nothing that God has spoken to you that God is not able to fulfill. You know what, have you ever been in a situation maybe where you had tried something or you said something but you weren't able to make good on your promise, right? Like maybe even you say, hey, I'll see you there. I'll help you. I can cover that. I got you. And the moment came, and maybe you weren't able to like you wanted to. It wasn't intentional, maybe. Maybe it was unintentional, but you just found, man, I, I guess I didn't quite have the resource. There, there's an old uh, funny uh, episode of The Office with Steve Carell as, as uh, what's his name? Michael Scott. There we go. I just saw a graph that The Office is the most rewatched show in all of America. So hopefully you'll know this reference. But there's this, there's this episode where Michael Scott, when he was first in business, he tells a group of like kindergartners that when they get ready to graduate high school, he's going he's gonna to pay for all of their colleges. He's going to cover it all. 
He gets hyped in the moment. He says, I'm going to cover all your college tuition, right? And then all of a sudden, he forgets about it. And all of a sudden, that class reaches out to him. And they invite him to like this, you know, they're all 18 now. They're all getting ready to graduate high school. They have this party celebration. They come in. They bring him in as a guest of honor. They're doing, they have a whole dance presentation they've set up for him. They're giving speeches about him. They're, they're honoring him, <laughs> And they're all ready for these big old checks to cover all their colleges. And he gives everybody like a, a laptop battery. You know what I mean? Because that's all he can afford at the moment. You know, he came up a little short. Came up a little short. <laughs> a little short of expectation. But God never does that. God never finds himself at loss He never finds himself unable to perform on what he has promised. God is able, the purpose of God goes out into the earth and always comes back to him with the answer, with the accomplishment, with the achievement that he sent it to do. So if God has spoken something to you, you can take it to the bank, God will fulfill it in your life. God will fulfill it in your heart. He'll fulfill it, he will. I feel, I feel like maybe half the room believes that, but that's okay. We'll get there. I think because we, we oftentimes put God through the lens of our own humanity, our own failures, because, you know, over history, there's been people who, who tempted to kind of, you know, be unstoppable. You know, you even see that in biblical history, like the Tower of Babel, they're all working together and they're building this thing. And, and they thought, man, we're, we're going to reach to the heavens. And that guts, it gets cut short. It gets stopped. The language gets confused. The, this unstoppable project gets stopped. Um, you know, all throughout history, there's different empires, you know, Roman empires and Babylonians and, and Persians and all these different eras where they'd built so much might and they'd built so much power and they built so, the Egyptians, they'd built so much and, and appeared to be unstoppable, but anything that has human origin will not last. Anything, like Pastor Jurgen says, anything that is, is, is kind of built in the arm of flesh has to be sustained by the arm of the flesh. But anything that God institutes, anything that God breathes on, anything that God speaks to becomes unstoppable. You know, uh, you know the Titanic, you remember, remember that, whole, that whole scenario? And uh, we won't even talk about the end door thing, you know, where... She could have scooted over and Leonardo DiCaprio could have got on the door. Like, we're not going to even focus on that. That was just one of the saddest moments in movie history. But, um, you know, they built this thing. They thought it was unstoppable. They even foolishly, (laughs) I bet this guy, if he didn't go down with the ship, he moved to like South Africa somewhere and just avoided human interaction after this. He literally just went on record as saying, not even God could sink the Titanic. Not ideal. I would not recommend saying that about anything in your life, right? Don't challenge God like that. But they, they, there's so many times throughout human history where there's been an attempt to, in my own strength, build something unstoppable, build something that's maybe economy-proof, build something that, uh, you know, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. I'm never going to have this situation come at me. And a lot of times fear-driven human decisions where I'm trying to 
um, achieve the purpose in my heart, in my own strength, in my own ability, only to constantly feel like I keep finding myself coming up short. Keep finding myself not quite fulfilling and, and something always happening, something always not quite achieving the purpose of God because oftentimes when we go after this stuff, we're trying to fulfill it in our own human ability. But, but when it's of human origin, it will fail, like this guy said. It will fail. And there may, it may arise for a moment. You remember, if you ever read the Psalms, David's interesting because, you know, the Psalms, it'll feel like all hope is lost at the beginning of the Psalm. By the end of it, he's going, God, you're for me. You know what I mean? It just, he's very emotional. He's, he's a very emotional writer. He's just like, all hope is lost, God. Why do the righteous, or the, why do the wicked prosper? He's got all this. And then he goes, yeah, but, you know, your promises don't fail. And, and then, and then he says, but you know, you, 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 at the end of the day, the, the wicked's life will be cut short. He knows that. It just as sometimes you see things in human effort and it feels like it's, it's taking ground, but it will not last. It cannot sustain the storms. It cannot last beyond the struggles and the difficulty. But when you and me live on purpose, when we are people of purpose, when we live and grab onto the purposes of God, we, we cannot fail. So how do, we, how do we live unstoppable? How do we have unstoppable purpose? It's really determined by whose purpose I'm building. You remember Acts chapter 13, maybe it's reflecting on David's life. Acts 13, 36 says this, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. It's, it's in the context of a whole story there. But basically, I, lo- I love that phrase that David served God's purpose. Right, He served God's purpose in his generation, in his time. I want to be said about me. Samuel served the purposes of God in his generation. I'm not responsible for the last generation, what they did or didn't do. Ultimately, I'm going to try to set up the next generation, but that's not my primary responsibility. In this moment, in this hour, I have to answer before God and say, God, I'm going to serve your purpose. How, how, do I, how do I serve the purposes of God? How do, how do I have an unstoppable purpose? means that I have to go from it being about my thing to actually saying, okay, God, what's your purpose here on earth? What do you want me to do? What, what have you called us to do? What are the purposes of God? So whose who's purpose are you building? You know, every, every one of us who declare Jesus as the leader and the Lord of our life get the opportunity now to shift attention and focus from self-focused living to actually building the purposes of God in our life. And, and you maybe have heard of these verses where the disciples are asking Jesus, teach us how to pray. That's Jesus, teach us how to pray. What, what should we do? How do we pray? You know, John the Baptist teaching his disciples, what about us? And you maybe have heard this as I'll refer to as the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, and it's actually in, in, in most of the Gospels. 6 verse 9, I'll, I'll read this. It's the very beginning. This then is how you should pray. This is in the NIV. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And many of us could recite that whole thing, right? because we, we, we've grown up with it, but I think sometimes we forget that very beginning of it, the intention of it, the focus of it, is that it's your kingdom come, God. 
Your will be done on earth as, in, as, as it is in heaven. Even Jesus, who came uh, as God to earth and came as uh, this God-man, Jesus, he, he came, and he came to the cross, and he was at those final moments, and in his humanity, he's in pain, and in his humanity, knows what he's about to experience, but even he says, God, if there's another way, let's do this, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. In our life, this is the shift that God begins to take you and I on as a believer when we move from human-based or human-origin purpose to God-origin purpose, spirit-origin purpose is this shift where I go from trying to say, God, my kingdom come and my will be done to God, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And I love the passion translation of that verse. If you haven't gotten into that, it's a, it's a, it's a great perspective on, on Bible translation. Verse 9 and 10 in the message, or in the passion, message, rest in peace. Passion's where it's at now. Pray like this, our Father dwelling in heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which I, our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. How good is that? How good is that? When, when you and me, when you and me receive the gift of grace, receive the salvation. Jesus has paid it all for our, our redemption and our salvation. And now you and me get to turn now and respond by saying, I once lived for my own self, my own pleasure, my own effort, my own goal, my own agenda. And now Jesus, because you've given everything for me, I now turn and make a decision to say, not my focus, but your focus. God, what's your will? What's your purpose? What's your desire? What are you trying to accomplish here on earth? And God, how do I become a part of that? Because my purpose, my individual purpose, thrives within the context of fulfilling the purposes of God. And this is the faith move you and me have to go on. This is the faith step you and me have to go on, is moving and trusting that when I give my life for the purposes of God, that everything that God has spoken to me will also be fulfilled in my life. You know, um, when, when I was just kind of young and, and sort of really hearing God and, and beginning to follow God, it was, I don't know if I was maybe around 12-ish, 13, and, and uh, my family was kind of, getting ready to go on a camping trip. And uh, so we're kind of packing up and we we're going to get ready to go early in the morning, set off for the, you know, the hills. And we had upgraded from tent camping to you know, like pop-up tent trailer camping. Thank you, Jesus. And so that's out in the garage and my mom's hustling. You know, she's, you know, she's a legend. She's going to make all the sandwiches and she's getting all the, the stuff prepped and we're getting up early. And, and we, all we know, you know how kids get literal, right? The night before dad and mom said, we're going to leave early. And we're excited to go on vacation. So we're up early and we're going, why aren't we going yet? My mom's, you know, she's super hospitality, super kind. And she's just like, hey, you know, I'm working out. We're getting everything prepped. You know, just got to make stuff. And so we go back and sit on the couch. So we're playing or whatever we're doing, we're not helping. You know what I'm saying? And so then my mom, we come back in a little bit while later. And we're like, mom, I think you said we're going. What's up? She's like, you know, a little bit longer. It's okay. So we do that a couple times. And you know when like sweet mom turns into less sweet mom, you know what I'm saying? 
and like that flip gets switched in the eyes and you know you just like you start getting nervous about life you know what I mean and uh and it continuing or not you know what I mean and so in this moment we're like mom come on I thought we were leaving and all of a sudden she just starts she just goes something like this ah! whoa <laughs> okay what's up ah! you don't love me we're like okay uh Mom, Mom, of course we love you. What are you talking about? We love you, Mom. No, you don't. Nobody loves me. Like, oh, wow, okay, Mom. Mom, we love you. What's up? What's up? She goes, no, you don't. We're like, what's up? You don't help me. Nobody's helping me. And then we just go, oh, Mom, you know, like, you didn't ask us to. Like, all you got to do is ask. And have you ever heard this maybe from your mom or somebody who's female? You know what I mean? <laughs> And then they go, and then they go, she goes, she goes, I don't want to have to ask you. I want you to want to help me. And I, oh. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one. <laughs> Getting five boys and a girl to want to help, you know what I mean? Like, that was a feat from my mom, and we worked it out. Life continued. And, but during, uh, you know, that chaotic moment, you know, I kind of escaped out to the, the camper that was sitting out in the parking lot and chilling out there. And, and uh, I'm just praying because I was in this kind of wrestle with God because I wanted to, um, I, I just, I just, I knew God was kind of calling me to another level of really following him. And I just felt like I was, you know, kind of teeter-tottering a little bit, a little bit back and forth in my real commitment and my devotion to God. And I said, God, help me. God, I want to follow you. I want to serve you. And, and I just felt Jesus just really speak to me. You know, most of the time, you know, when, when a preacher says God spoke to me, usually what they mean is they felt God move them, right? But it, it feels so, so clear that it's, it's like God's talking to us audibly. So in case you didn't know that, most of the time you feel God speaking, it's more like you feel him speaking, but you know what he's saying. It's, it's, just, it's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit thing. It's not necessarily an audible thing. But this is probably one of those times where I felt more clearly like I was hearing God speaking to me, and he just said, Samuel, I love you no matter what. Always good to hear. Always good to hear. He said, but if you give me everything, then I'll use you more than you could ever imagine. And that moment has, has been a course setting, directing statement of my life for the past 20 plus years since I first heard that. God's saying, I love you. And right here in this place, no matter where you're at, he loves you where, where you're at. He loves you. But if you want to fulfill the purposes of God, if you want to uh, accomplish the dreams and the passions and the goals and the things that you feel you are born to do, then it's got to start by you saying, God, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to, I'm going to, it's not my will anymore. It's your will be done. I'm not going to just be about myself. I'm going to set my attention on you. I'm going to set my life on you. I'm going to give you everything. And I, I tell you what, if you trust God enough, if you trust God enough to say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to do that exchange. Like it says in Mark chapter 8, 35, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. If you make that exchange with God, it'll be the best exchange you've ever made. When you go from self-centered living to purpose-driven, purpose-focused, God-centered kind of life, everything begins to shift, and God will fulfill that promise. I'll tell you what, I could never have dreamt at that 
12, 13, however old I was version of me, that God would, would use something I would write to impact hundreds of thousands and beyond at this stage now, um, making disciples all over the world. Like I, I was a home, I'll have to get into this later. I was a homeschool kid from Minnesota, right? Come on, shout out to the homeschoolers. Come on, come on. It's cool now, it wasn't then, okay? So, <laughs> uh, kind of from, you know, Nowheresville, Minnesota, you know, I had a great life, but I, there was no reason for me at that stage to believe that God would want to do something significant with my life other than I just said, okay, God, I'll give you everything and let's just see what happens. And in your life today, whatever it is, I want to encourage you, give God everything. I'm going to, I got 10 minutes, okay. I want to just ask a couple questions that I think help us determine if my purpose is of human origin or if it's of kind of spirit origin, if it, God's in it. Is God in it or is this just kind of my, my own thing? And here would be a great question we'd ask is what's driving your purpose? What's driving it? Well, what is it that, that motivates me? What is it that it's based on? What is it that it's established on? And in Romans chapter 12, this is such a, a great verse for establishing the purpose and the plan and the will of God for your life. Romans 12 verse 1 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Watch this. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Have you ever wanted to know or ask that question, man, I just wonder what the will of God is? Ever had that? That can be a big question. It's one of those cosmic questions. God, what's God's will? What's God saying? What, God, what does God want me to do? What is my purpose in life? Like These can be massive, big questions. And you know where they start? They start by getting into the word of God. Because the pattern of this world will try to get you chasing a purpose that's destructive. It won't, it won't ultimately fulfill. It won't ultimately stand. But when I follow the pattern of the word of God, when I get into God's word, because the Bible says that we, we see that God's will is in his word, okay? And when I get into the word of God, it actually builds a foundation for my life that I can build everything off of. And so what is driving my purpose is gotta be God's word because God's will is in his word. That's one of the things we talk about in the following Jesus book, in the, in the Bible chapter. There's a whole chapter around it because sometimes people don't read their Bible because like, I don't really understand it. I don't know how to get into it. I don't really know where, what, how to study it. I'll just, hopefully I get something good on Sunday, which is good. You are going to get great Holy Spirit, strong words and encouragement on Sunday. But you know what? You, you don't eat once a week for your physical body, you don't want to eat once a week for your spiritual body. You want to get daily bread. You want to get in that word every single day, right? So one of the things I talk about is that God's will is in his word. You don't have to leave here today going, man, I wonder what God's will is for my life. I wonder what his purpose is because actually God gives us some specific things that I would say there's kind of two areas of the purposes of God. There's the global purpose that he's 
He is at work right now across the entire planet, speaking and moving and acting towards a specific end that God has going on. So there's a global thing happening, and then there's a local personal thing happening in your life as well. And the global stuff that's going on is clear in God's word. You see it from the very beginning that God put Adam and Eve in charge of the earth, and they were to increase and multiply and take dominion. That's still a mandate for you and me, right? So what, what should I do? I should be taking dominion. I should be taking ground. I love our, the heart of our pastors here to go, hey, listen, buy property, buy houses, take ground, extend the kingdom of God. That's still the purpose of God for your life. We're believing to buy a home this year as well. Come on, in Jesus' name. We're going to buy a home. We're going to take some ground here in San Diego, in Jesus' name. Um, there, there's other things where you may have heard that the Bible says, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. So there's big purposes to love God and love people. Those are something, you, gotta, you don't got to pray about what the will of God is. Love God, love people. Take dominion. Uh, maybe you've heard the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, right? It says, go into all the world and make disciples, Right? That's something you and me, that's not just a pastor preacher thing. That's all of us. We all get the privilege of going and making disciples. So how do you find the purpose of God? How do you find the will of God for your life? You start with kind of these global things that God has told the entire population of, uh, of those who follow him, do these things. And as you begin to fulfill the purposes of God, you'll actually find that your purpose, that unique thing that's on you, will begin to kind of emerge in that process. Man, the amount of stories of people who just started serving at church and then all of a sudden they're in a career in that industry is massive. It's, it's amazing. And they had no idea they were into photography or no idea they, they liked worship or had no idea they liked hospitality. Or had no, you know, they had no idea. And all of a sudden now they are running in that lane in their kind of work life. But whatever, as you find there's global purpose and then there's individual stuff. So the more I know the word of God, then that helps guide my personal decisions. And, and when it comes to fulfilling the purpose of God, I think sometimes people could translate that to going, okay, everybody has to quit their work job and like become a pastor or a preacher or something like that. Maybe, okay, that's God's purpose is like this whole gospel preaching Sunday morning thing. And that's not it, okay? Every single one of us are called to fulfill the purposes of God. The Bible says that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, with all your might, as unto the Lord, because it's him that you serve. The Bible says live such good lives in front of the pagans or in front of outsiders, in front of the unsaved people, that they see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, my, uh, my family growing up, um, my youngest daughter, not daughter, my youngest sister now, um, uh, her and her husband, got married and they, they planted a church, so they're in ministry. But out of the six of us, at least for, especially initially, it was just myself who felt that call to sort of like full-time, like pastoral type ministry. But my other brothers, um, you know, they're in all kinds, they're engineers, they're carpenters, they're teachers, they're in different fields. And uh, one's trying to be a doctor right now, Lord help them. And uh, just the, the school hours are insane. If anyone is here, the doctor, you're, you're a legend that you made it through. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going after these different things, but they're, they didn't leave that to come and be a preacher. But actually they realized that within their industry, they're fulfilling the purposes of God. 
They're fulfilling the purposes of God. I oftentimes remembered growing up, you know, the, the church has kind of raised our understanding a little bit about the will of God isn't just inside this building. It's in every single one of us as we take ground in our city, right? Um, but it, there, were, there was always in church settings, like the altar call for those who felt called to be preachers or in ministry. And I loved it because that was what I felt called to do. So I'm always like, yes, God. And here are my other brothers just sitting back in the chairs like, well, I guess I got no purpose for my life. I guess God isn't calling me. It looks like Samuel, he got some sort of special call. We're just sitting back here going, yeah, I don't feel that. I don't feel like calling by God. And I was, I would, my heart always broke for that because, because I see the touch of God in my brother's lives, but it just it was a different calling, but it was still a calling by God. And now, um, man, my, my brothers like serve in their churches so passionately. They all love the Lord. They all follow Jesus. I, I got to get my parents to write a parenting book because six of us are all passionately serving God, married great people and raising great grandkids. And, and I got to soak the gold out of them at some point here and, and get more download from them. But um, it's it just amazing to see uh, my brothers step into the purpose of God and fulfill that in their career as engineers, as carpenters. One of my brothers who's a carpenter is one of the biggest soul winners. Man, he's brought more people to church than I probably have, and I'm the pastor, okay? He's such a bringer. He's always bringing. He's always bringing people to church, always bringing people to church, always seeing their lives transformed. Uh, one of my, my dad, who's, who is a carpenter as well, he would always say, he always say, listen, um, you know, sometimes you say I'm a missionary or an evangelist trapped in a carpenter's body a little bit. You know what I mean? He would, he, he ran his own construction company, so he would pray with everybody. Every time we'd go on the job with my dad, my dad would always be like, hey, before I go, what can I pray with you about? He led so many people and still does lead so many people to Christ because he's working in their home. He's like, he's, he's in their world and he's, he's fulfilling the purposes of God right where he's at. So how, how do we know that your purposes of, of God origin and not human origin? Is, is the word of God the foundation? Is it driving you? And here's the last thing before we close here is, is the other question is what's directing you? What's driving you? What's directing you? Are you, are you being led by the Spirit of God? Are you being led by, by His voice, by His direction in your world? Are, are, you, are you changeable? Are you moldable? Are you adjustable? Right? Because if, if I'm just kind of leading purely based on my own knowledge, ability, skill, what I feel like is the right move, then sometimes I'm going to end up getting off track. But if I keep myself in a posture where I'm keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, like the Bible says, where I'm, I'm following in suit, where I'm going after the purposes of God and I'm allowing him to guide me. I'm allowing him to, to direct me. I'm allowing him to say, God, how can I use my skill, my ability, my call for the purposes of God? And every single one of us, every single one of us here this morning, when we think about those verses that I read at the beginning, that if it's of human origin, it will fail. But if it's from God, nothing will be able to stop it. That should do two things for all of us. First, it's a good self-evaluation moment, right? I ask myself, okay, what am I, what am I focused on right now and who, where did it get its origin? Is it of God or not? That's a good challenge question. It's a good thing for us to constantly ask ourselves that. To go, okay, where am I at? Am I on the right track here? Am I submitted to God? Am I obeying His Word? Is what I'm doing lining up with the Word of God or not? But the other thing is, is the good news side of it. 
that as you follow Jesus, as you put his kingdom first, his will first, his purposes first in your life, guess what? Nothing will be able to stop you. Nothing will be able to stop you. You know that thing right now that you're facing, that giant you're facing right now that you feel like you can't get through? Guess what? If God's in it and if God's for you, nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. Come on, no matter what you're facing right now, if God's in it, if God has spoken, if his word has gone out, then nothing will return void to him. It will accomplish, it will fulfill, it will achieve the purposes that God sent for it to achieve. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.